Hi again, everybody. This is Samuel Fritz, and thank you for listening. This podcast is a collection of my beliefs and philosophies on teaching and learning. Welcome to the Highly Effective Band Room. On today's podcast, I'll be discussing presumptions of incompetence versus ignorance when encountering new learners. Stick around. vividly in my undergraduate program, I knew I wanted to be a middle school band director to fix all those bad habits that my private high school students had. Surely they had learned they were incompetent from somewhere, right? And it was not my deficiency as a teacher, clearly. And now I've learned that I'm one of those middle school band directors creating all those bad habits that others have to fix later in life. Well, to be serious for a moment, I I do hear what I call the presumption of incompetence from many of my music colleagues when they describe new learners. They say, why can't they play with better posture? My new kids can't sight read at all. But I wonder, is it the learner or is it the teacher who might be at fault here? Is it that students can't complete the skill competently or or, or that the teacher is simply not asking the right questions. Take some simple vocabulary, for instance. In my school, we use the word pitch to refer to the alphabetical letter name and note to refer to the rhythmical value. So if one of my students' future teachers were to say, watch your pitch, referring to intonation in this case, my students might be confused. I use the word intonation or tuning instead of pitch to refer to adjusting their instrument. So are my students incompetent or is it just that they're being asked the wrong questions? And why is it that we presume incompetence first? So I have a primary school age daughter. She's eight. And much of my recent thoughts on teaching and learning have come from watching her learn to read, spell, and comprehend the complicated English language. So context provides her with the necessary clues to choose which way she spells many words. When her teachers don't presume incompetence when she spells a word, they look to make sure she understands the context and the fundamentals of the vowel sounds before they apply their critique. So we don't always take the same approach when teaching kids to read music. Many times music teachers will just gloss over concepts that are too difficult, they think, and then effectively they eliminate the fundamentals. And other times they give conflicting information, making the understanding of context and understanding the music even more difficult. So to get to the core of student understanding, we need to, to cover both fundamentals and context. Both must be consistently applied to maximize student excellence and comprehension. So if students are demonstrating below standard execution of musical c- concepts, is it their knowledge base? context or is it maybe both? So for example, I teach students that note values last for the full number of beats. So four stops on five, eight stops on nine, one stops on two, and this logic should apply to any note value. So I start band daily with an eight count tone exercise. We start on count one, release on count nine. I have a colleague that insists on calling this nine count tones, and we have this little philosophical banter that goes back and forth about this, but I feel that that is counter to my teaching about note value, length, and release. 
And this might seem like a silly example, but that small little inconsistency in fundamental and context causes some major problems when we get to our literature. Here's another example. So we were learning to read um, in my seventh grade band some compound, simple compound meter. A 6-8 rhythm example, and it had a dotted half note in it. So I started the class off asking, which measure do you think is the one that we're all going to mess up? And everybody picked the measure with the dotted half note. And I said, well, why? Students were responding, well, it gets three beats. I said, well, it doesn't get three beats in this meter. They said, well, yes, doesn't it still, don't the fundamentals still apply? Isn't it still worth technically three quarter notes? And I said, yes, it is. And so we started getting into the debate about 168, there's two big beats instead of three, so note values are divided by, by in groups of three instead of groups of two. There's a lot of really great discussion that went on. But they understand that the fundamental structure of music is the same, and it's the way we divide the beat that is different. It also lets them know some pitfalls and some potential problems with the music they're about to read instead of just saying to them, oh, this is too difficult, let's just move on. So in classes I've observed in the past, some teachers just dismiss these types of questions and they neglect to explain how the foundation of the beat and the division of the beat affect the performance. So providing the context of meter allows the students to access their fundamental rhythmic literacy and apply it to the situation. So mastery can be achieved when they understand the thinking behind the thinking and explaining the connection to their prior knowledge and the context in which it's applied deepens the competence with which they can perform. So I'll never just say, well, don't worry about it. Just remember it gets two beats. Otherwise, my students are just going to spend their careers wondering if a dotted half note gets two or three beats and how to know the difference. So the next time a student can't perform a skill that you require, find out where the prior knowledge is. Provide them some context for the learning that you're trying to showcase. And please, please don't presume that they are incompetent. They might just simply need some more help finding their way. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more about my teachings and my philosophies, check out my website, thehighlyeffectivebandroom.com, and follow me on Twitter at Samuel Fritz. Have a great day.